Hey everybody, it's been way too long. Uh, welcome to the side thing we do, 3DMs in a Tavern. It's me, B, and with me today as always... Is... Hi, I'm Spy. And I'm Lance. It's so nice to just to just do this again. The last two times we've had other people on with us and we love them abundantly, but God almighty, it's nice to just hang out. <laughs> It's the Christmas season. We don't want to hang out with any more people. Yeah, <laughs> just just stay. My my social battery is actually not as drained as it usually is because I went to exactly one party. You lucky so. son of a bitch! <laughs> so join us as we embrace the crimbo limbo. <laughs> 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 okay, sure. That's what we're calling it. I don't know. Um, yes. Uh, but uh, I guess we might as well just jump into it unless anyone has any opening opening notes. Um, well, I think we should state for the record we have sort of made ourselves a New Year's resolution to do this more often in the coming year, and we know for sure that's absolutely not going to happen, just knowing the three of us. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not even just because it's the three of us. It's explicitly because we want to do it more. Oh yeah, no the yeah the goddess of fate is just whoever she may we be is s- just... we said it out loud, so it's not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> if we had just kept our mouths shut, it may have happened. But we said it out loud, so sorry about that. We jinxed ourselves. It's fine. But if if. If they give us, if if we get a New Year's pass on on our jinx, then maybe we'll have some cool folks on in the future. But for now, we're gonna kick back. <laughs> How many uh, New Year's passes do we get? Just asking for a friend. I I God, I hope it's more than the one because I think we've used the one on the worst. Of <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so I'm gonna go down the list. Of yep, we've got a whole bunch of questions from all the folks in the, maybe uh, maybe it's because we haven't Discord. done this in God knows how long. Yeah, fucking forever. So the backlog is there, just glaring at us, and it's time we clear up house yes. before the new year. I'm not ready. But honestly, are any of us ever? I mean, B and I are Boy Scouts, so technically we should be prepared. But fuck, who actually was ever prepared? <laughs> Prepared is a lie that scouts tell themselves to make them feel better. (laughs) (laughs) You are so right. Okay, who do we want to start with here? Should we start from the most recent or the most... um, Ancient. The most ancient one. Um, There's one in the pins here from Pixie that dates back to fucking June. I think we got a clear. <laughs> I think I think we got a clear out house. I think we got a clear shop. Yeah, I hope so. Um, um, so this let's, one let's is from get rid of the, Let's get rid of the one of the most dust bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pixie. Uh, Pixie says, "I've been throwing around a podcast idea. I was wondering about technical aspects, how to upload, etc. And honestly, we may have covered this before and just forgotten to unpin it, but uh, it's always good to get a refresher." Yeah, I think I think to in brief, um, well. I can't speak for everybody, you know, and I will say this a bunch, like flat out, I am not the most tech savvy. 
I know someone who really is my friend Snow. So maybe in the future I can get them to actually explain shit. <laughs> um, but for now, um, I'll just say we use Craig to record, use Audacity to edit, and then you have a podcast host where you can upload the file and take care of business. If you have some, yeah. you, you pay someone else to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really depends on the type of podcast you're planning on. Like, if I'm assuming it's an actual play podcast because that's sort of what we're all here for. Um, in that case, what I've done in the past and what I should do in the future once I actually get my thoughts together. Actually, that reminds me, I've got big thoughts about a one-shot. Remind me to talk to you guys about that later. Anyway, okay. what I've been off, doing... off recording. <laughs> um, not sure. Just, okay. I'll decide later. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. No, anyway. I meant, I meant like, rem- do you want me to remind you in the episode, or do you want me to remind you when we're done rolling? Um, I will remind you in the episode. Before we leave, before we, yeah. we sign out, I will just be yeah. like, yo, spy! <laughs> okay cool cool yeah and then i'll decide anyway so what i did in the past was i found out that craig does not like or did not like my recording for some reason and it would cut off bits of words um which was very annoying uh which is why we did the test session is to figure that out so what i did was i actually had so i had craig recording but I actually had um, Audacity recording me as well on my computer, so it was localized and wasn't going through Discord, which, as we all know, sort of mangles the audio quality. Um, A little bit, yeah. So if you can actually get all of your players to record themselves on Audacity and just use Craig's recording for syncing it up, you can get the maximum audio quality possible. Um, it may be challenging, depending on the length of your episodes, to for your players to get those recordings to you but you know there's always like google drive and if you have the patience it's not a big deal yeah, see, I, I have the uh the patience that's how we do it uh we all get on google hangouts because skype hates our guts and discord hates us even more and we record separate audio on audacity we put it in the drive and then I pray to the gods and sit there at my desk for 13 hours straight and try and sit <laughs> all up together. Fair. I think, I think that's a substantial answer to the question. Yeah. So as for uploading, um, you have to have a host. One second. Podbean. Podbean. We, we use Podbean and... We have it set up that when we publish an episode on Podbean, it will automatically go to iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, everywhere that we have, like, officially been accepted. So we don't have to go to each website and put it in, which is really nice. Oh, it's... it's... Okay. Okay, I need to vent uh, half a second here. Because I love <laughs> Podbean, but they, did, they, made an, they made a big choice, and I'm not here for it. And it's the YouTube upload only every seven days. Yeah, so we um, actually, uh, we took ourselves off of YouTube. Hmm. Which is a very sad choice for now because of with the whole uh, child stuff going on and everything. It was just oh, not worth the YouTube's hassle. a mess. I've heard there's yeah. some alternatives yeah, to YouTube. 
that are popping up like uh what's that one i think vimeo's lab? coming back vimeo yeah or fruit lab i think is another one that i've heard of it's kind of obscure yeah. i don't know much about it but that's a name i've heard tossed around i actually am not i looked into podbean but i went the route of actually getting my own site to host and actually what i found out was if you make a site through squarespace and actually come to think of it i think i need to make sure that my um url uh sub is renewed <laughs> but it's like a hundred bucks a year for one url and you can use that site to host all of your podcasts because they actually have built in uh audio hosting support and you can get you can use your squarespace site as um your host rss for like itunes and spotify huh. so that's how i put up starhopper and that's how i was planning to put up escape artists until I came to the unfortunate acknowledgement that Escape Artist needs a lot of concept polishing before we can actually continue. Yeah. So, that's Squarespace. I think that's a substantial <laughs> answer to the question. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that answers your question, Pixie. And if not, just ask us again and we'll get back to it in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of different options out there. All right. Clearing that from the pinned messages. Oh, it feels so good. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry for being six months late, Pixie. If you ask again, my laundry. it'll probably only be twelve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. next up, sorry or sorry, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting people's characters and actual names confused. Livy, uh, who is a player on the Frostwalkers plays sorry the no uh, el, uh gnome elf half gnome. we don't even know <laughs> fucking whatever the sweet child um, being that everybody loves yeah. <laughs> yes correct who i swear if she did not have a canonical background would definitely be from krungle yeah um, says who do you i'm sorry how do you practice character voices and how do you pick one that fits practice <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the character voices are just fucking made up on the fly. I have about, I don't know, five accents that I can do and, like, three different pitches, and that's about it. Yeah, see, that's what mine is, is I try and come up with character voices, and then I actually get to the NPC and I panic. So they're either Western, British, or some crazy old man. Those are, like, my three character voices. That is it. I don't trust them folks from Salem. They got that secret magics. And so I got my trusty tin, tin for your helm. I live yeah. in fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do regular voice, deep voice, really high pitched voice. Um, I have the Scottish accent, slurry accent. <laughs> in various pitches, I can do I can do Chekhov or I can do Hilbert. B, B can um, do a really good uh, barking dog. Yeah, B is just fantastic. At, it just um, has that down dog so NPCs. well. <laughs> um, uh, I can I can do New York. Um, I can do see, uh, I can do goblins screaming so many, in fear. Spy has so many more voices than me. I'm like the the beta version. You get what you get, and that's that's it. You have to pay if, for the. If, uh... Snow, if Snow wants a guest player for AOD Doggies for Missing Role Player Found, I think Sadie would really be into it. 
I mean, I can also do like kobold screaming in terror, which is <laughs> Oslo. <laughs> I think that's cheating. Sorry, my dad got a rubber chicken for Christmas, and we've had way too much fun with it. Anyway, I I, I am severely sorry, Star, <laughs> for calling you out so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, oh, in short, cool. the answer is we don't practice character voices. We um, just do I don't shit. think any of us practice practice character voices. We just we, wait. I I try when I'm yelling at Kaz. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like whenever I get angry, I slip into Scottish for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, Scottish I, it's is not in my blood. Angry line, old man, but you know. You're done, kids. Get out of my property. Uh, it's more of the, hey, make me a sandwich. <laughs> oh, it's Frank. Yeah, it's Frank. I usually slip into, you know, the Frank accent and demeanor when I'm hungry. Good. That's He's just he's just hangry all the time. Good. I actually, speaking of hangry all the time, I'm not hangry all the time, but I am hungry all the time, and I've gained a reputation among my friends at uni for just, like, having food on me at all times. Like, that is I not just, a bad thing. Wherever I go, I'll be like, uh, anyone hungry? And I'll pull out, like, a stack of cookies I've filled from the dining hall, or, like, an entire slice of pie, or just something. <laughs> Like, the third time I did it at a group project meeting, I just, like, pulled out an entire burger from my backpack, and they're all staring at me. I'm like, what? How do you always have food on you? Listen, in this one aspect, I'm consistently prepared. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, in the next couple months, I'm, I'm a little worried about my NPC voices, since I'm starting tea tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I I was thinking about this last night, and actually I saw this question, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> My Here's voice is going to change. Here's the solution. Every character in the universe is trans. There you go. There, there we go. That's, Everyone. yeah. Only introduce trans NPCs for their only NPCs. Only trans NPCs. Yes. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Question. I think I think that I think that covers it. Uh, yeah. Livy, you're good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, do whatever. Yeah. Just swing it. It's fine. Whatever voice comes out when you start that NPC is that that's, character's yes. voice. Not, like that's that's, that's it. it. Actually, trust come your... to think of it. Before we move on, I want to mention. Uh, first off, let me give a shout out to Tales of the Voidfarer. Um, it's a new podcast that came out recently, and um, yeah. It's it's Spelljammer from 2E, but in 5E mechanics, and it's really, really good. It's like, it's basically Treasure Planet in space, and I fucking love it. But the DM, yes. um, he has exactly two voices that he does for all the characters, and it's so funny. <laughs> like, when he points it out himself, he's like, well, I can either do Scottish or I can do a regular voice. And it's just, <laughs> like... You're fine. It's it's fine. Like, as long as we know by... There are different... There are other ways to tell who which character is what other than like actual tone and accent like there you can have like speech patterns like you can give them a lisp or a specific a like a, st a stutter a stutter yeah 
um, like, or, or a specific verbal tick, like I'm doing right now. Specific non-fluencies they default to, like, um, or, uh, or, er, something like, you know. Like, you know, or... Ten minutes of audio making random sounds. And it's gonna be such high tier quality content that they're gonna that they're gonna make us do, they're gonna put us in a room and make us do more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty also, much all my podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you can do it, do not be afraid to unleash your Muppet's voice. <laughs> oh yes, everyone loves the Muppet's voice. I have been ready. Okay. So is my throat. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I forgot I had a fucking cave of phlegm back there, and that just doing attempting Kermit just like, oh, that was not fun. So do not do not attempt Muppet voice when you're sick. It's not fun. Okay, I think that covers that question pretty thoroughly. Maybe a little overkill. Next question. Yeah, I, got I got this one. Okay, Shay asks. How do you choose a last name from your for your RPG character that doesn't make them sound like a warrior cat OC? You don't, coward. This is such a specific problem. <laughs> and I love it. Last names are like simultaneously so unnecessary and also like so cool. Yeah. Now, I mean, see, you can fucking you can name your character John Smith, for all anyone cares. If their John... last name is Steve, you'll be... Yeah. Like, if you want a cool... If you want a sick name, then you're gonna end up with something that sounds like a warrior cat OC. That's kind of unavoidable in D&D, honestly. Here's the thing. If you give an NPC a last <sighs> name, or any character a last name, you are required by law to give them some sort of backstory. Which means then they are your child, which means then they are yours to protect for life. Which is why I have over 99 OCs for D&D. Because I've given them all last names. So, <laughs> proceed with caution. I mean, Usually we don't. that's fair. But also, if you just give them a sick first name, you're like, oh, well, I have to use this character now. Like, fucking uh, an old OC of mine, his name is Torch. Literally, that's his name. He doesn't even have a last name. It's just, his name is just Torch. He's a power maniac. Only cowards have last names. Only <laughs> got interrupted by a phone call. Yay! Welcome back, B. Thank uh, we were talking about, about if you give a character a sick name, you have no choice but to use them. It's true. But I think needing a last name isn't that big of a deal. Frankly, frankly, just look up last names. Find one that isn't warrior cat OC, and just it not okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to say this: not every character name has to be super deep. Like John Smith. Yeah. Actually, no. You know he, what? Was a, he was he was a dangerous because, colonist. Because this <laughs> character's parents aren't thinking about oh their personality is this and their character trait. No, they don't know. They're a baby. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. like fucking. Uh, your name is uh, Akio Naguyan. That's that's your given name. You know, you get the title of fucking Brightheart or whatever later once you've proven yourself to be a Brightheart or you know whatever. whatever. 
Yeah, that's, no. That's like a that is a warrior cat. That's how warrior cats get their names. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh, th this is a fun one actually. In older editions, <laughs> there was like a list of titles that you could give your party, and my favorite because it's so funny is the title of Dragon's Bane is given the first time the party kills a dragon. And so what's hilarious to me about this some DM somewhere went, shit, we were playing Dungeons and Dragons and they've killed a dragon. What else is there to do? <laughs> and they had to come up with a special title for the party to show they did it. They did the thing the game has in the box. Well, they did half of the game. Yeah. They gotta do the dungeons next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Although all there in is. Modern, in modern day, I feel like D&D &D stands less for Dungeons and Dragons and more for dick jokes and daddy issues. It's true. But yeah. Yeah, yeah but no. Last I think I've called out about 98% of our listeners. It's true. I will say <laughs> I though, think we I'm... just lost 98% of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say this. <clears throat> just to just to wrap it up your family a family last name by and large is significantly less i'm sorry it's just truth significantly less what cool yeah yeah no yeah, yeah you're right i mean to be fair now i will recount this this was a story from summer camp, so buckle up, kids, because I met a kid with the coolest fucking name I have ever heard in my life it, on a real person, and his name was Zane Lionheart. Whoa! I swear to God, that's an anime protagonist name. I don't even like anime, but that's fucking sick. I've never what seen him again. What color was his hair? What? <laughs> what color was well, his hair? It took me a second to process. Jet uh, <laughs> black, actually. Oh, so he's the the emo killed his parents protagonist that has to find himself through a journey. I would assume friendship. Zane, if you are by some fluke listening, you still have the sickest name I've ever heard on any list, and we're pretty sure you would not kill your parents. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. We're just yeah, we're just pretty... going by anime uh, rules, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. So before we move on to the next question, I want to do a little experiment with you guys. Because, oh boy. because I think I want to try this segment. We've Good news, done... everyone! We're doing science! <laughs> so uh, we had like two or three possibilities for different segments we want to try. Uh, and I think, I think I'm going to let Spy take the first one because he has promised uh, would you like to say the title oh, you've been wanting to us over and over? Okay, so I have a tag on my Tumblr that I used to sort my uh, reblogs and posts, and it is called, and I'm quoting here, absolutely horrible D&D ideas that I must try out ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> so this this week's uh, absolutely horrible D&D idea that I must try out ASAP is the fucking speed limit. <laughs> Good. So. I did some research on this. So this is the post that started it by um, user Jesus Body Pillow. Of course! Found out today that a level 18 tabaxi monk under the effects of a haste spell wearing boots of speed and using feline agility uh, and use, or sorry, and then using uh, both action haste 
action to dash, combined with Step of the Wind bonus action dash, can technically move 1,920 feet per round. That is 218 miles per hour. I'm getting nauseous just thinking about it. Um, and there's a gif here of... I. It's moving very fast, but I think it's Sonic. It, I hope to God it's Sonic. <laughs> the alternative is too horrible to consider. Um, and then I did some research, and there's actually a page on the official D&D wiki about pushing the speed limit. Wait, when you say official D&D wiki... <laughs> it are is, we, it is the, the D&D homebrew wiki. D&Dwiki.com, oh. pushing oh, the speed we're limit. We're in for a fun time. Oh now. my god, this thing is so long, so I will not get into it. But essentially, what you can do is... If you build your character, and your party, specifically your party as well, exactly right, you can achieve a theoretical upper speed limit of four... Sorry. Sorry. 253,440 feet in one round. Good. That is 208... Sorry. No, no, no. 28,800 miles per hour. That is higher than Earth's escape velocity. You can <laughs> fucking launch yourself into orbit and then out of orbit in one round. <laughs> okay, so yes. why does traveling take so dang long? Just send the monk to go get the thing and we'll just wait here and have tea time. They'll yeah. no, 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 run. <laughs> If they don't, if we Naruto run, we can move faster than their magic missiles. <laughs> so this this build is incredibly specific. Um, you have to have, I mean, there's a giant list here. Um, B, if you could put the link in the show notes when we're I done. Will. Um, there's a giant list here, but basically, you have to have ten levels of monk, five levels of barbarian. Two levels of Blade Singer and one level of Mystic. You also have to have the Mobile Feet, the Long Strider spell, a level 20 Druid friend to boost you with the spell, level 1 Artificer minimum, uh, who's an and alchemist. A very to cool dungeon speed. Uh, Yes, a level 6 Wizard transmuter, um, uh, several magic items, several actions, several racial bonuses, and a very chill DM who is okay with letting you game breaking <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> However, the pear tree. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Hold on, I need to fucking recover from that. <laughs> there how is long were you wanting to say that, B? Just how a while? Long? A while. Okay. There is a hack that will let you just get to theoretically infinite speed. It's <laughs> called the railgun. <laughs> let me reiterate it is called. The Railgun. How this works, and I'm reading for the page here, how this works is that you decide upon how many ally NPCs you want. For the purpose of this, let's make sure that everyone is strong enough to carry and pass along a gnome with ease. And there are an unlimited or an arbitrarily large quantity of these strong people. What we do next is line up all of these NPCs so they are all within five feet of each other, which forms a one-way path. Each of these NPCs will take the ready action, and the trigger for the action is that a gnome will be passed along to them, and a specific action is taken is that the gnome will be passed along to the next person. 
And now all this chain reaction needs is for the gnome to climb on top of an NPC on one end. That NPC will pass the gnome onto the next person, and that person will do, just do the same, and so on. Because there are no written limits on how many reactions can be taken in one round, the gnome will be passed along the entire chain of NPCs within that one round, covering five feet per NPC used in the process. Theoretically, you could attain an infinite speed <laughs> by just getting passed along railgun style on top of these NPCs. You could reach the speed of light. <laughs> so what you're saying is if you if if everyone joins together, you can send a gnome in the next dimension. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm you can become fucking Barry Allen in DD if you really want to and have enough NPCs to help you. And thus shows the power of friendship. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> So, this is the absolutely horrible DNZ idea that I want to try as soon as fucking possible. Does this have anything to do with the one shot you were telling me? Not yet, it didn't. <laughs> okay. Not until you said those words. Well, well shit. Apologize for trying to have No, no, no. This, can, this, this one shot may actually have an actual railgun, like an actual technological, you know, launch oh, a fucking ball of tungsten it. Mach 212 railgun. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll course correct. <clears throat> Livy again with how do you feel as a DM when a player flirts with an NPC? Oh god, didn't <laughs> we cover this in episode one? And three, because Luke needed our help. God. I think, I'll, I think in brief, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not, I, right, I don't care. I'll, I'll go along with it. Just don't, just don't push it. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like, if you're a fucking horny bard, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. But if you're forming a genuine connection with this NPC, like, hell, I'm going to stop you. Go for it. It might become my new OTP. Yeah. Like, okay. like Andre and Will. Yeah. And, Long story and short. It's yeah. fine as long as you're not just being a bastard. Exactly. Just so long as there's an actual connection there and it's cool and everyone's chill. You also have to have a lot of trust in your players. Yeah. Obviously. Any other any other caveats? Or did we did we hit the nail here? I think I think we just hit it on the head. I mean Okay, cool. Awesome. I don't think we've ever... I think that might be the fastest we've answered a question. Good job. God, I fucking hope so. Also, did you move the road? Oh, no, never mind. No. Uh, <clears throat> okay, somebody who runs Founders of Vreka, hi somebody, uh, asks, how do you feel when a PC interrupts the big bad speech that you prepared? Is it fair to do some creative trickery to still finish speech? Yes. Here's the thing. If you're DM... Is a long-winded blowhard and has a, like a 20-minute speech prepared for the baddie. I can understand if you want to just get it over with. Because at a certain point, long-winded speeches are just too long-winded and need to be cut off. Especially if, if the big bad guy starts repeating, repeating themselves. Like, it's... Especially if the big bad guy starts repeating themselves. Like, it's... 
Especially if the big bad guy starts repeating himself. I hate you. Like, no. Okay, yeah, we're gonna just, uh... <laughs> the first time I was gonna let it pass. The first time I was gonna let it pass. No, fuck <laughs> I couldn't resist making it. <laughs> anyway. As the DM, I feel you have an obligation to not let this... Like, if you want to say a cool, like, a cool couple of lines, or, like, give a motive... Like, on the one hand... The the villain giving the heroes all the everything they need to stop the plan just out of pure hubris or I don't know is very cheesy and honestly just bad tactics. But on the other hand, it's funny. It's kind of funny. It's fun and also funny if you do it right. See, if uh, you make the villain comical, then do that because everyone. You know what's you know what's even funnier is if you make the villain comical enough to continue the speech while the players are beating their ass. <laughs> yes. Like yes, I want to see that like happen. A, like, you got to think of it like a movie. Like if your your protagonists are are facing off against the big bad evil guy and the big bad evil guy is sitting there for 25 minutes giving a speech it gets a little old. Yeah, uh, yeah. you're gonna lose your players that way. You're gonna look over there if... checking Twitter. Can we? Can we? Like... Can, can we? Can we set a number? Because I, I think like, I think if you go over five minutes, you're in. Oh uh, yeah, not even five minutes. I would say have... like three minutes max. Five minutes absolute max. Five like, minutes. If you five have... minutes if you let. Okay, here's my thing. Three minutes straight monologue. Five if you let it become. Actually, no. I need to say this. Villain monologues are overrated. Let it become a conversation that it's Yeah. Like, if you and if you're if you're villain and your heroes are having a conversation, like a back and forth, whether it be, like, trading insults or just, like, you know, the classic, you know, I tell you the plan, you tell me how you're going to stop me and blah, 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 going around in circles, that could be fun. But... <laughs> Depending if on it's how cocky just... your villain is. Oh, it, yeah, it, it, absolutely. There's a, there's a ton of factors, <sighs> though, but on the whole, I think if your party is interrupting, there's a difference. You can feel the vibe. There's a vibe when your party is doing it to say, fuck you. There's a vibe when the party's doing it because get, up, get on with it. Right. You can, you can read the room on that vibe. If it's the first one, you have full license to do some creative bullshit back because they did bullshit to you. Right. Because then, then that might just be the way it goes with you you know what i mean and, also and, and this thing, is if, sorry sorry go ahead oh if you have some sort of big bad evil guy that you have this big plan for like okay not no spoilers but i have a big bad evil guy who has some crazy shit that's gonna go down soon you can always record something to put at the end yep that's what i did for that's what I did at the like, end of the year. Like what they did with Zakaria? Yeah. I didn't tell my players about that. Like, they had no idea until oh, I posted I the episode that know. that was... I know, because I broke the DB and Avon, <laughs> and they lost their shit. <laughs> yeah. I broke the DB. So, I mean, if you have a big, bad, evil scene that you want to do that presents this big, big, bad, evil guy in a way that you could do it without the players... Record it and put it at the end, like or and put it in the middle. Like you can have it as a separate home, scene. And if you're a home game, 
I think this still applies. Because picture this. Your party's not in the game, doing whatever they're doing, going grocery shopping, taking a dump, whatever their life is. And then they get a text. And it's an, un, it's an audio without a title. And they click it. And they hear the big bad evil guy. That's going to send visceral down. Oh, that's absolutely. Bad. That's that's just pure fear.png. Yeah. Like, dude, so, I mean, you can definitely have that evil speech in a way that your, like, your players will not interrupt. But you, you definitely don't want to have the 20-minute speech. If they do interrupt, you know, you've got to go with it. You've got to just adapt mm-hmm. and right. find a way to get all your points in, in a shorter, more fun way for your players. And right. I, will, I will end this question with a quote. <clears throat> well, you had before me monologuing you, again. <laughs> you sly dog. Well, before you end that, I also just want to say, and this is a call out to some DMs in the room, please also keep in mind what time it is and how yeah. your players are feeling as humans. Because yeah. if you're starting a 10-minute monologue and it's 3 in the morning, your players <laughs> are just going to cut you off without a second thought because they want to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So... so is it other segment time? <clears throat> There's only two um, questions left on the thing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit about r slash RPG horror stories. It's a oh subreddit. Boy. It's a subreddit <laughs> that exists and, well, has RPG horror stories written by the community. I have decided to see how this goes for I have found one of moderate size. I purposely looked in the short to medium tags. Uh, <clears throat> so this one is of moderate size. Titled, Uncreative GM Railroads Party of Insane Copyright Infringing Nonsense by u slash Cuddlefist. <clears throat> this happened a few years ago. My wife and I were looking to play a Pathfinder game. And a co-worker of mine mentioned that a guy he knew was seasoned DM and wanted to start a campaign. The group got together. I'm skipping over a bit of a paragraph here. Uh, so the group gets together, and the first thing they're told is, you are members of the, don't remember the name, Ninja Clan. What? We all ask, not informed of this at all. We start scrambling to wrap our concepts into the ninja base. <clears throat> this is a direct quote from the subreddit, by the way. Today is the final day of your training. You three and your fellow student, Aladdin. Aladdin, Aladdin? Oh yeah, that Aladdin. (laughs) Oh, I don't like where this is going. Oh yeah. You four are stripped of all your gear and you must now only fight in hand-to-hand combat. None of us have unarmed combat ability. As an alchemist without my bombs or mutagens, I was completely defenseless, but rolled my eyes and hoped we'd have something. The the fight continues, and I'm going to go back to our quote. Aladdin is never heard from again. Then he moves us on to our graduation, and we're taken by our trainer Wolverine out to a private island to a party to celebrate. And yes, it was that Wolverine. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, So I'm not going to read the rest of it, because it is of moderate size. But highlights include... Uh, they end up in the Matrix. 
I shit you not, this grown-ass adult man just had Wolverine plug all of us into the Matrix to have our skills upgraded. This was when we swapped to our level 5 sheets after not actually getting to play with our level 1 characters. Oh no. I should mention <laughs> that every time he dropped some facepalm-inducing cringe, he would sit back and nod slowly with a snowing grin like he was just thinking, oh fuck yeah, that's cool as shit and I just blew your minds. Every time. <laughs> We exit the Matrix, are dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and seek instructions to head for a nearby tabaxi village, and seek out Garfield for guidance. <laughs> Honestly, though, if my... Now, if you took that out of context, and if I was playing a home game, and my DM told us to go fucking find Garfield, <laughs> I, would, I would legitimately lose my shit. That is some funny stuff. But after all of that... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, if you're going to tell us to go find Garfield the fucking deals, Warlock, hell yeah! But after being, after fucking getting our asses beat by um, Aladdin <laughs> and being plugged into the Matrix, it's and not as funny anymore. Your PC. Oh my god. Uh, B, I do not appreciate you calling out my high school fanfiction addiction this way. Um, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to quit 3DMs. <laughs> fair, fair. Hey, hey! at least it wasn't fucking Warrior Cats. I'm gonna read one more paragraph. <clears throat> I've cut a little bit of context, but we arrived just in time for the hand member, yes, that hand, uh, who is revealed to be how do I say these next two words? I'm just gonna close my eyes. Who is revealed to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, their boss battle was Batman, who was a spellcaster! <sighs> I had to kill Batman. <laughs> I don't understand at this point I'm far too afraid to ask. <laughs> I am not drunk enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, RPG horror stories. The worst part about you is that you're real. <laughs> oh. Thanks. I will not continue. I hate it. Because it is of moderate size. But that is... Oh. That is... That is a genuine campaign someone had to suffer through. Uh, Cuddlefist, we're sorry. <laughs> Bruh. If you need support, we are here for you. Ow, cat. Yikes. <laughs> uh, we, we and Wolverine are here for you, pal. <laughs> I, do you think that this man can never watch like anything ever again? Like... Like, he, he goes to a new movie theater and he's just like, oh, John Wick Chapter 3, don't mind if I do. Then he gets a text from his DMs crying. <laughs> Listen, real shit, I hope that didn't ruin anything for you. That That's just cruel, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. We goof, that's... we goof, but losing luster and things is, is sad. See, RPG horror stories is dangerous waters, and I knew that going into the segment because either they're so over the top that they borderline on the ridiculous like this, or it's like actual cases of like discrimination and real NSFW shit that should not be allowed. Yeah. And it's vastly the latter. So, like, to everyone who's had to write a post on RPG horror stories, we're sorry. <laughs> We're that's, sorry that's you not... had that experience. It's not what D&D &D is supposed to be. D&D &D is supposed no. to be you guys having fun. 
that's not the real game of D and D. That's yeah, that's the off brand. If you, yes. I will. I will say this though, Cuddlefist. If you if you found some sort of visceral joy in having other people experience this nightmare that you went through, then congratulations, because you win. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Now, I should point out that, yes, there are such things as bad DMs and bad players. They exist. And if you can't find, if if there's a problem in your D&D group, but you can't find the bad DM or bad player, it might be you. Yeah. Very true. But you know what? <clears throat> the savior of almost all of these stories is communication. And oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you have a problem with anything that the DM is putting out, or if you have a problem with any of what your players are doing, talk to them. Like, it's not going to get better if you don't just sit down and communicate. It's going to get yeah. worse. Yeah. I and mean, I that's think... kind of the basis of the entire game, is true. conversation. If you have to do it, player versus NPC style, go for it. Just talk. I will say this. I think <clears throat> I think the point of this segment will be to find the absurd and like the the, the ones that can make that can get a chuckle. Because Cuddlefist, I'm sorry that your day was probably ruined by that. But like I feel the way it's written, I feel like looking back, Cuddlefist has like some sort of like evil joy in this and it's just like yeah this is a thing i experience mm-hmm. and you know what power to you man or woman or it's okay yeah. i hate mondays too yeah <laughs> so the, that was that was uploaded 13 days ago oh that's Ooh. recent that's that's yeah. fresh Oof. oh yeah. that's a fresh wound i'm sorry i made that garfield joke well okay <laughs> well, okay, okay. It's a fresh post. I don't know if this is a fresh experience. God, I hope not. I hope I hope that you like processed it and then posted it on RPG horror stories after you were able to look back and laugh, because there are quite a few stories on there where it's clear that this was someone the day after a bad session and they like need a hug. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> thank you for let me find the title again because I think it's a work of beauty. Uh, the title itself. Cuddlefist, you are a very good writer. You had me in stitches. I had, to, I had to parse some of it out for time, but it was very good. But thank you for Uncreative GM Railroads Party into Insane Copyright Infringing Nonsense. Okay. So, these last two questions that we have sort of tie into each other. Um, let's see. Livia asks, how do you pick classes for NPCs, or do you even bother with that at all? And Midnight Blue of the um, the Clara Fantasia uh, group asks, what PC classes make it difficult for you to build encounters? Is there a specific build of PC that makes combat hard to prepare for? So talking about classes, um, there is a second part to Midnight's question. Uh, I think we'll get to that later. I think but... I think it warrants a separate. I think it warrants a separate question, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about classes. When picking your classes for NPCs, you just sort of, if, if it's like a mundane, if it's like a shopkeeper NPC that you're not going to deal with much, you don't unless, really have unless to. Unless you specifically want to make the shopkeeper, like, secretly a 20th level bard or some shit. Right. Unless that's the point. 
unless it's the point if they're just like a regular person you don't have to bother like they wouldn't have a class their class would be merchant or mundane or whatever there was a classless class that someone found that Shay was almost going to use for Rin. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. She was almost going to make Rin classless, but then I, I argued my way into Artificer for, for all the <laughs> But um, yeah. So if you have an NPC that's like important to the plot or is specifically designed for. Right. Yeah. Like, then, if, if you make an NPC who's like, this is a wizard in training, you're not going to give them a druid stat block. No. No. If, like, okay, uh, what's a good example? If you have, like, uh, an NPC that's a wilderness guide, you're probably going to make them a ranger, just, or a druid, just because that makes the most sense. Sorry. Um, the word ranger elicits a... Why? Because the fucking Power Rangers? What? What's no, on your mind here? No, 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 no you've got to say it. No, it's because Player Handbook Rangers are grossly underpowered. You know well, what? I you, still love my you... Ranger. Okay, leave my Rangers alone. Hey, no. You're they... valid. Well, Wizards has been nice enough to release, like, two wi- Ranger fixes, and they're definitely better. Can you imagine a bug fix for a fucking tabletop game? And it's free! And it's a piece, it's pieces, and it's, thank you, Unearthed They're Arcana. They're trying. Unearthed Arcana is a very good idea, and I hope they continue it. Okay. Yeah. But also, just imagine somebody comes to your house and smashes your chessboard and then replaces it with chess 2.0. D- do I have to pay for chess 2.0? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no. That's the, the that's the questions. that's the extended chess DLC. No, okay, because see, Utter Arcana is someone walking up to you and smack. It, no, it's not even that. It's someone like who sees you with your chessboard and goes, "Hey," and hands you chess two and puts it on top of your chessboard and just walks off. And they're like, "You can play it if you want." Oh, uh, that's fair. Okay, yeah. so. That's, I, I think we've sort of answered that question going yeah, off on a the, Also, it, I will throw this. If you have if you have either the if, if you have the book or if you have other means of procuring the book that I won't mention um, <clears throat> uh, the ending of Volo's Guide to Monsters, I think has a huge NPC section. And it's like they do like the different subclasses of Warlock. They do the different wizards. So, like, they do different, like, fighters. So there's stat blocks for them out there that exist if you don't want to go through making a character sheet for every one of your. Another thing is, like, you don't have to give the NPCs a class right away. Yeah. Uh, I've had several that, like, I didn't think they were going to be very important NPCs. And they actually became pretty close to... Are you talking specifically about Martel? <laughs> you know what? Do not fucking call me out like that, B. I do not appreciate it. <laughs> Martel is my boy. He's my awkward sweet boy. Do not call him out like that. Okay, uh, no. What class is the boy? Or is he classless as of now? That's a spoiler for later. 
Oh uh, shit! I didn't realize it was important. I'm sorry. I thought it no, was like, but like, say, like the the, the like, like okay. okay. So to be honest, Martel does get a class, but originally he was he did not have a class. He was just a because guy. he was yeah. just a, he was just a guy. He was an NPC. He was a quartermaster of the Dominion. Really didn't matter all that much. Like it's he only helped with the mission. Seven episodes on the Dominion. We don't talk about those seven episodes, okay? <laughs> that was supposed to be a one to two episode like thing. I remember, just, I'm it, still in the middle of it, frankly. You telling me that. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I was remember. I mean, one, okay, I that was probably my favorite little arc, though, was the Dominion arc because oh, it was so, so much good. fun. I love it. But love like, don't you don't have to have the NBCs have a class right away if you're players get to know them and kind of flesh out the npc a little bit more you can give them a class later on which in can actually help progress the story and make the story more interesting later on for your players yeah yeah and some of them i also say some npcs benefit from having like benefit from not having a class benefit from not being really pigeonholed and the party doesn't know what they are you know oh for sure for for example, Basil, who who showed up at Rowan's door and started explaining the Eldritch, and then walked away with a smile, and like everyone says, oh, they have to be a great old one warlock, and I'm just like, I don't know, dude. They could Do just they be a fighter. To? They could just be a fighter who just kind of reads a lot. A fighter right. who casually glances the Necronomicon. You don't know. If you haven't seen Basil cast Eldritch Blast, you don't know if he's a warlock. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> I'm gonna just go find his character sheet for 10th level warlock and <laughs> check it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway. Uh, I think move- that covers it for that question. Yeah. Second part of the Midnight. Oh, I think midnight's thing is like what player classes are just. Yeah, like- this 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 deals with player classes. So what what player classes make it difficult for you to build encounters? Is there a specific <laughs> build a PC that makes combat hard to prepare for? What I are some don't... pitfalls you run into trying to build combat encounters? Right. I don't think a specific class is to blame. I I don't think I can say it's all rogue rogues are the worst and they're the reason i can't have cool fights i can't say that because that's not true you just have to you just have to build around your players like understand understand the way that they you when you're starting out you may have to like just throw some random stuff at them like have a general idea of like what the what they'll be up against but like throw some random stuff at them see how they fight what their tactics are and then from there you can more effectively build your encounters and guess what? That is something a bad guy would do in a story like this. That's true too. Yeah, your 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 big bad evil guy. If there is, I mean, like you know, they don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Some campaigns don't even have a specific bad guy. Some campaigns are a massive fetch quest. Some are fighting against corporations. Some are you know whatever. Whatever. Um, your if you have a villain, that is something that a smart villain would do is test them and then. Either, you know, just continue to throw stronger stuff at them or make the enemies that they're facing more intelligent and clever or just have them be magic breaking or whatever, you know, figure out how your party fights and then build around that. My favorite use of this in fiction, uh, in like pre-existing storytelling that I can remember, 
is Star Wars The Clone Wars? Which is a weird thing to go off of, but hear me out. Like, you know, the first couple episodes, they have the regular battle droids who are purposely stupid, you know? Right. They have the ones from the movies. And then, like, episode four, they introduced these things called the commando droids, which were built specifically because the Separatists saw that the battle droids were shit. And then, like, two seasons later, they come out with these tactical droids who are supposed to be better, like, leaders and stuff like that. As the seasons progress, the droid quality gets better in the story. It's mentioned. Right. And, like, to me, that's awesome. That's such a good use of, like, how the Separatist droid army could work. It makes sense, you know? And then, of course, the obvious answer of, like, well, then why are the battle droids still there? Why do goblins still exist? Because someone needs to do it. Yeah, you need fodder. You need fucking cannon fodder. And it makes sense that they're programmed stupidly because they cost more money to make them smart. You see, that's how know. the Bryce Sanctum does it. Yeah, I don't know. Dude. You never want to meet the Ace Squad. Let's just say that. <laughs> I just want to say this, just wanted to say, because I was re-watching The Clone Wars recently for reasons. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was just like, yo, this is actually a really cool way to handle, like, the story needing to have higher stakes because it makes sense that the bad guys would do this. Right. Yeah, no. That I, weird, I think weird, you can... Weird comparison. But you can, it's I, an I, apt comparison, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, like, in the, one of the last seasons, they built, like, this ultimate commander who managed, in the fiction, to survive into Rebels, and he was mentioned in Star Wars Rebels. So, like, there were consequences to building I liked it. There was a lot of thought put into consequences of raising the stakes in the Clone Wars. So I liked that a lot. I, I will answer the, the question of what class it is difficult to build an encounter for. And that is all of them when they fucking split the party. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at I, you, Nora. If we're going to talk <laughs> individual classes, I guess. I will say, if I have to pick my top three classes that are, like, a nightmare to one-on-one, Rogue is one of them. Rogue is a nightmare to 1v1. Yeah. Because you walk the fine line of be, having your enemies be underpowered or one-shot one shot KOing your player. Exactly. And then the other one, even though it's not official yet, I still have hope. I mean, it took them so long to make Artificer official, they just did it in Eberron. But... I have hope for its black sheep brother. Come on, Watsy, give the mystic some love. <laughs> it, it, like, I, I will admit, it's a hard class to work, and it's a hard class to 1v1, because there's so many options. But come on, just give it another chance. <laughs> Pigeonhole the mystic a little bit, because God, the intelligence stat, needs something else to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. And also, psionics are just cool. They're just cool. I also want to point out that Artificer can be very broken uh, in a very fun way. As long as you and your DM are both cool with it. Um, And of course, I'm talking about my own own homebrew creation of Jerry. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, tangent here. I made a goblin for one shot, and his name is Jerry Rig. He is what he likes <laughs> to call a fix-it wizard. 
he's an artificer, him. but he doesn't have much of the actual artificer. Like, he has some of the artificer abilities, but he doesn't have any of the artificer spells. His only spell is something that I made up, and it's called Fix This. Or as he and says, I, Fix This. And it's accepted because Halloween. So, Fix This is essentially like Wish, except it operates on the rule of humor. You can, with Fix This, you can alter reality. But you have to roll a d100 to determine how reality is fixed. And it's up to the DM and you to figure out what that means. And the, the only rule is it has to be funny. So, like, if you are on the edge of a chasm, an unpassable chasm, and you need to get across, and, and you cast, fix this, a bridge does not appear. Imagine, you don't get a magic carpet. No, the ground fucking snaps back together. That's how, that's how it's fixed. Because you're fixing it. You're not, like, producing a solution. You're not building a solution. You're fixing the problem that is already there. However it may be fixed. However it may be fixed. Can I just... Uh. You just put a quote in Minor Pavilion recent, when we played that. That is, <clears throat> be voicing a skeleton whose tomb Jerry just fixed. Oh, God. Uh, smiling. Thanks for dealing with pesky teenagers. I'm the ghost of a boomer, Jerry. Unfix this! <laughs> I, I will never forget the exact cadence you used. I'm the ghost of a boomer. <laughs> there was there was just palpable fear in all of us. I I'm so happy because it's just fix this is a little slice of crumble. That's all it is. Yeah. It, so that is the compromise that I made with this is that is the only spell outside of cantrips that he will ever get. It's just fix this. That is the only spell he knows how to do, and he's perfectly okay with that. So, that is in short, you can make a, you can make shit as broken as you want, as long as you work with your DM, and your DM is cool with it, and you both agree like to use it when it's appropriate to use. Right. I wouldn't. I would say this. Jerry is the character that's perfect for like, hey guys, it's Halloween. Let's do something fun. He's not the character you want. He progress to level, and then like have a deep emotional connect. You know what I mean? Right, he's a shitpost character. He is, he, and he's, you know what? He's perfectly valid the way he is. But see, I specialize like... in making shitpost characters, like um, like that fucking Doar Doar Druid of the Coast that I made up. Yeah, what were you gonna say though, Lance? Like even the the lovable ones, you can make broken and still have fun. I actually have an artificer, uh, Verdin, who was he managed to make. His, you know, his beast. But anything else he makes, there is a time limit. And it will explode. <laughs> yes. Unwillingly. Like, he does not want it to explode, but it will explode. So it's fun to kind of give your characters those, those broken quirks to their classes sometimes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Can I, and, yeah. And I think, I think, with, I think the game itself is pretty nice in allowing that kind of stuff to happen. You know what I mean? It's fluid enough that that kind of stuff can flourish. I.e. Um, breaking the speed limit. Exactly. But <laughs> I think... Uh, stop me. Move on to the next part of Midnight's question, because I feel a rant on why was an artificer in the Guildmaster's Guide coming on. <laughs> <laughs> next I mean, I question. We've, I think we've 
pretty much. Uh, I mean, okay. What are some pitfalls you run into trying to build combat encounters? And I will say, I haven't really built a whole lot of combat encounters, so I'll let you guys take the steering wheel on this one. I, I think the only thing I have to say is sometimes you build like a unique mechanic into a monster or fight, and then the trigger doesn't happen, and then you feel like a little upset because it's like, damn it. I thought for sure the specific event would happen because this is exactly what my party would do. Your party are human beings. <laughs> right. Some... You, can't, you can't always exactly predict what your party is going to do. Right. For example, I, uh, in the, in the Archer finale, the fight against, against the, god, I forgot what the title was. <laughs> the Inquisitor Sphinx, that's what, it, that's what the Order Behemoth was called. Mm. Um, the Inquisitor Sphinx and, uh, and Frederick, uh, thank you, Lauren, for letting me rail on Miomi's brother again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, against, in that fight, the thing about the Inquisitor Sphinx was it was a support monster. They, Frederick was a necromancer, but he had stuff like Finger of Death and everything, you know? Aye. And, and the Inquisitor Sphinx was lined up with stuff like Zone of Truth, which is a weird thing, but if the party fails it, they might not see it coming, and then they have to be really sure about what they say when Frederick starts talking to them. Right. Or, like the monster had life transfer because it was designed to keep the necromancer going. Okay. Alright, I'll be right back. Fair. Oh, because no! My party thought, I thought my party Hold on, B? Yeah? I'm so sorry, I just got up to, to, to I just like moved my foot to get up stand up and use and my foot stepped on the chicken? <laughs> I feel like I've just stepped on a landmine. As soon as my foot lifts off of this thing, it's going to explode. <laughs> you will be missed. You will be missed. It's been an honor. Love you, boys. I just, to finish my point, what I suspected would happen the party would see giant scary monster, throw a few passes at it, realize it's port, and then go for the necromancer after a few fingers of death instead of been cast, you know? Yeah. What happened was everyone went, hey, that necromancer is kind of, kind of scrawny, and he's kind of, he's acting super tough. Let's kick his ass first and deal with the giant sphinx. Do yeah, you see it something? Sort of like... Even just random encounters, sometimes you can't plan for it. Like, a little bit of spoilers, the group finds themselves, like, in the sewers. Oh. Trying to hide from Gabriel. Oh. Things don't, like, everything was going great until they weren't. Yeah, that's how it is. I thought you were going to talk about our good friend, the, oh shit, Scorpion. <laughs> no, that one was planned. I, I, I was gonna have that happen no matter what. They were gonna. They were the gonna oh shit, scorpion. scorpion is must now be its official title. I'm sorry. The oh shit, scorpion. Yeah, the shiny rock. Oh shit, scorpion. <laughs> yeah, it's like thing... even the the icons episode. Yeah. Like 
I wasn't expecting them to have to fight the the bandits too. Like it just it their it roles will change everything. Like their roles and their actions change everything that you did. When I first started uh 20 sided adventures, I would write 4 to 5 pages for each episode in like full story format. Now I have like four or five bulletins and I just go off of that because Hell yeah. Welcome to the club. I've learned That's kind of the magic I've, of the game. I've grown as a DM and I've stopped planning shit because I've grown as a DM and I stopped giving shit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That there, is the magic of the game, really. Times, there are even times where my players <clears throat> shame will be like, but that fight seemed really easy. Like, and I'm like Fuck, dude, it had 350 hit points. I buffed it up 20 hit points. What more do you want from You see, sometimes I do the opposite. They're like, wow, that kicked our ass. I'm like, huh, you should have seen it before I nerfed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, You're I lucky. Think... You're welcome. I... Yeah, yeah, I've done that too. But <laughs> that I'm is the thing, though. Like, weird when people tell me, like, you know, we, we won that fight, and I kind of wish it did more damage. And I went, are you joking? Because mm. now you've put it in my head that you're a glutton for punishment. And I will. Well, see, that's how they were for, uh, like, Kaz was. They are like, we want to we wanna fight more stuff. And then I brought some more stuff, and they're like, wow, that hurt. And I'm like, well, like, you wanted it. <laughs> like, you, you asked for more fights. You asked me. How dare you jettison my gift? Just because you flirt with pirates for seven episodes doesn't mean you're gonna level up. I'm sorry. And that's, a, that's oh. another thing, though, is like, when you're in an encounter, there is literally nothing stopping you as the DM to change things on the fly. Like, if your oh, players exactly. are demolishing something that you thought was gonna take, like, 20 minutes, and they almost got it killed in five, there is literally nothing stopping you except for Ethics. Your own conscience. Um, yeah, except for you know, <laughs> morality. Um, the, to, there's nothing stopping you aside from, you know, morality from, you know, boosting it a bit. Or if your players are getting their asses handed to, to them by something that you may be too high level for them, you can just nerf it in combat and, you know, you can yeah, say, I, okay, I well... Will not Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I will not lie. I've I've definitely uh fudged some roles and said that it didn't save on certain things if it did. We've like, all been there. We've all been there. Because the thing about an audio medium, you can lie about your roles. Here's the Woo-hoo! thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Fudging roles may suck, and it does, but when it's for the sake of everyone's peace of mind then sometimes, sometimes you gotta bend. You gotta oh, bend. yeah. Fudging roles to, like, be a badass character like, all the time, like, be a fucking murder hobo because you're a narcissistic player? That's not cool. Fudging roles to keep your players alive? That's cool! Fudging roles, you're... like, if it's, a, if it's a very important story moment for your character, and you need like, a 19 Rowan on killing something. The right. If it's an important story moment for your character, I don't think your DM is going to blame you. If they're a good DM, I don't think they're going to blame you for, like, fudging your role a little bit. Oh, and I try not to DM fudge wants... mine too much, either. Like, if I got DM a 15 wants... and I need a high roll, I'm going to, like, say, okay, I got a 17. Yeah. 
the DM wants just as good a story as you guys do. Like, again, it all comes down to communication. If you want to do something cool, talk to your DM. I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, hey, that's awesome. Or if not, they're going to work it out with you to try and make it awesome. Exactly. Um, okay, I think we thoroughly answered that question through our many tangents, and I believe we have one more se section planned. Um, B, if you want to read our um, bad homebrew for the week. Because I have one question from another server that I took that's super nice and I think a nice way to end it. Um, but firstly, the D&D wiki, the D&D homebrew wiki, uh, Oh, you are a hot mess. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking magical. The only place where you can find how to play a Saiyan, the same place that you can find how to play the Master Chief. Or and Batman. And or all Thanos. Of them are, and of course, all of them are written by someone under the age of 13. <laughs> so today... Under the I mental have, age of 13, you mean? Yeah, I have, I have a choice. I present you with a choice. I, you can either hear about... These are two races, by the way. Uh, there's either the abstraction, which I would also call the living tornado, or uh, the chicken. Oh, we oh, gotta chicken. do the chicken. Chicken. I already have the page up. Chicken. Yeah. I, I don't want to read the whole page, because it's, it's a whole page. But I would like to read some excerpts of the chicken 5e race. The quote, Hang on, let me get a pen and a pencil. <laughs> the quote is, You don't act like other chickens do. You wear a disguise to look like human guys. But you're not a man, you're a chicken, boo. I feel like that may have been, may have been intended to be set to song, but I don't fucking know what tune that supposed to be. Yeah. Chickens are tiny domesticated birds. Oh, yeah, this is just the Wikipedia page of chickens. Okay. <laughs> uh, thought to be descended from red jungle fowl. See, uh, I'm reading this, and I swear to God, I almost I I accidentally read this last sentence in the physical description as chickens are capable of only brief bursts of light. <laughs> you can fucking flashbang your enemies as a chicken. <laughs> the the one thing to make chocobos so much worse. <clears throat> um, hey hey hey! If somebody if you're playing a chicken and somebody grapples you, does that mean they're Choking the chicken. <laughs> okay. Get out. I will say, I will say a, friend of, uh, a friend of mine who was yesterday, so he's not really a friend. Uh, someone from the RPG Horror Story Discord server actually threw this link my way. So thank you, random citizen, for the chicken. And they, they captioned it with... <clears throat> Uh, I was playing a one-shot, and my DM offered me to play the chicken. And I was really uncomfortable about the egg-laying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! <laughs> Actually, wait, let me see if I got that right, because I just ad-libbed it for what I remembered. But the Yeah, DLW. I remember in the one time I was going to give D&D a chance, the DM was going to let me play a chicken wiki they had a lay egg ability and they provided the thank you yelled uh but yes the chicken is a race now and i hate that uh 
the adventure. Okay. Race. Let's be honest. Chickens aren't the first race that came to mind. I think of five flying adventure. Uh, in fact, I'd go so far as to say that your character may very well be the first chicken in history to break away from farm life. That being the case, we can only imagine why a chicken would do such a thing. Uh, shout out to um, Slackworm Comics uh, for Janet the Chicken, who's a <laughs> professional skateboarder. This is that that is the exact image in my mind right now. Uh, they have a dex increase of two and a wisdom increase of one. Uh, they live about 11 to 14 years. They have no natural disposition. Uh, they are birds. The regular height is 10 to 14 birds? inches. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, wait, no, yeah. Here. Hang on. Birds, Whoa. birds by no. definition, are chaotic. Are people. evil. <laughs> yeah, they are fucking evil, man. Uh, the regular... Chickens are like... I think chickens are chaotic neutral, and then geese are chaotic evil. Just You're saying. correct, yes. I'm okay with this. Uh, speed of a chicken is alignment. 25 feet. Base fly speed is 10 feet. Uh, they have a peck. A secret offensive technique known only to masters of the various chicken race. Similar to magic missile, peck allows you to automatically hit any target for one point of damage. You use your claws to scratch a target for two, negate it if it hits armor. Glide, distract, it doesn't have any languages. Here it is, lay egg. No I love features. this one. This feature is only available to female chickens. Okay, then. Once per long Only if you're a coward. <laughs> Not with that attitude. You're able to lay an egg, which can act as a modest-sized source of food. The egg can be fried, scrambled, hard-boiled, poached, or used to make various pastries. There are just a few ways an egg. There are just a few ways an egg can be prepared. Talk to your DM to see what you allow. If your okay, DM is allowing you to play a chicken, I think. Listen, I, if you're a hold on, hold on. If you're a chicken warlock and your patron is a fiend, do you lay deviled eggs? God damn it! <laughs> you brought this on yourselves. Listen, you pull up, you pull up a fucking D and D chicken page. You know there are going to be puns made. God, this is fucking foul. amazing. Oh, uh, guys, I want to play a chicken now. <laughs> the one thing I'm curious about is at the end of languages, it says you can also speak common if you can explain it to your DM in a way that makes somewhat sense. I would love for one of my players to come up and be like, okay, Lance, looky here. Here's how this is going to go. I think that would just, I, I would enjoy that conversation thoroughly. God, I love the fucking bullshit that people put on the homebrew wiki. It's so amazing. Everything and so I'm back. Be doing the hi, B. What did I miss? Some stuff you're gonna have to cut out. Fair enough. Okay, so wrapping up the chicken segment. Uh, could you just imagine playing a chicken like? See, that would be the most fun thing ever, because that is the character you send in first. You're the canary, guards are like you're a chicken. Guards are expecting, like, you know, some adventures to come up, but all of a sudden this fucking chicken comes clucking up and Casting they're just out like, well, wow. deviled eggs. And then just, yeah, scratches out their eyes. 
I will, I will, I will just say, D and D has some weird people. So this is a stretch. Let's say for someone's playing a barred chicken, they're playing the stereotype barred chicken, and your DM is this abomination to God. Can you imagine being like downstairs at a table, and this is happening? And then your mom calls. They're just like, hey, we got dinner. Chicken. Oh, God. Oh, Christ. No. That's when you just send a picture. You you send them a picture of the chicken on the plate and say he's failed his his death saves. (laughs) I hate that. That's cursed. That's bad. Things went foul. God damn you! <laughs> You're welcome. But but if your DM allows you to come back as a ghost, would that mean you're a poultry geist? <laughs> oh, oh. We're we're such bastards. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope that uh, we'll be able to do more of this soon. But yep. until then, enjoy this hour and a half of bullshit to tie yep. you. I will, I will end with a final note. A friend of mine asked, what was your first character? And I think this is a nostalgic way to wrap up 2019. Aww. Just a little, like a half a second about your first character. Hmm. Oh, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. So, my first character actually was not... Are we talking about first D&D character or first OC? Because I actually found my first OC oh, that I ever That's, made. That takes precedent. Okay. He was uh, a prince of a dog kingdom. But he was humanoid, you know. Right. And his name was Yor. And he had blue hair and blue eyes. And he was a total dumbass, and he was a <laughs> wizard. And I love him, and I actually revamped him and actually made him on D&D Beyond. So, yeah, that was my first character ever. Good. You're King of the Dogs. Yep. Ah, oh, man. I, I mean, my first D&D character is actually just I, uh, my tabaxi arcane trickster. Yes, my first character was a fucking tabaxi rogue. Fucking sue me. Um, but my first like flipping a warrior cat. <laughs> yeah, listen, I gave up on that after <laughs> the first series. All right. Uh, it's see, it's it's so much harder. To, that's not as fun as flipping Homestuck. <clears throat> Let me tell you what is fun though. Smoke weed is a valid warrior name. <laughs> For scientific reasons. Oh, purely for scientific reasons. <laughs> Only scientific reasons. So, um, sorry. Uh, my first OC, though, like, uh, mm, my first proper OC, I want to say, is actually my a character from one of my sci-fi universes. His name is Zach, um, and he is an alien species of my own designing. Not a fucking Navi. Fuck you, James Cameron, for stealing my 10-year-old's idea. Um, 
explicitly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're also really... not ten feet tall. You're, if you look, if you look upside down and backwards in the credits of Avatar, you'll see Spies Day. <laughs> yeah, if you fucking if you pu- fucking play the um, play the fucking Banshee cry backwards, it's me screaming "fuck you, James Cameron." <laughs> um, yeah, so he's my oldest OC that I actually have. Um, second oldest is actually uh, one of my characters who is a little little green man. Well, actually, he's not little or green. He's actually, well, he is green. He's lime green. He's one of those typical gray aliens except green. And his name is Quichi because at the time... Oh, God, hold on. There's the back, Where's the backstory for him? Because it's a very complicated story. <laughs> Uh, the 10 this is the last segment of the episode uh, yeah okay so for any of you guys in either either of you or anybody in the audience who have read jeff smith's bone series the graphic novel series yeah uh, remember the rat creatures that were always following bones around they didn't have official names in canon but one of them was always referring to the other one as comrade and that one was complaining about like wanting to make them into a fucking quiche um, so I named them respectively Conrad and Quitchy because I had no fucking idea how the word, um, and I transferred those personalities vaguely to a pair of little Martians and that sort of evolved. Conrad doesn't exist anymore, but Quitchy still does. And he is nowadays the living embodiment of the phrase Netflix and chill, um, so he's my second oldest OC, but Zach is the oldest. Powerful. Absolutely moving. Yeah. Uh, first OC is impossible for me to remember. Um, but because I cannot go back that far. I re- oh, yeah. I, I mean, um, if, unless we're counting imaginary friends or Lego characters, then yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, D&D wise, my first character was actually Lucas. The human Vistani wizard. Uh, huh. Yeah, he was my first. I made him more as a concept than a character sheet, and then I learned wizard was hard. <laughs> but I did it. I did it. And then my DM was like, oh, we have a sorcerer. So I had to go back to the Lucas. And from his ashes, Lynn, my half of bard, so that horror story. But Lucas and Lynn are my, my first two. And Lucas's name, Lucas is funny because he was, in my mind, uh, I stole the name from Lucas Miller 100%, (laughs) but gave him him more of the personality of Taco, which was a disaster, and I love him. Uh, (laughs) And and Lynn was spelled with a Y and two N's because it's not plagiarism if it's not spelled the same. (laughs) Inspired by, of course... Lin Manuel Miranda, my hero. yeah, come on, <laughs> my my absolute <laughs> hero. But yes, those are my first two D and D characters. I kind of hit my stride after, admittedly. <laughs> <laughs> I think after Caleb, I kind of hit my stride. I think 2019 was the year of me coming up with characters that I genuinely remember, joy, bitter. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, uh, wrapping up with a little bit, 2019 was weird year oh fuck dude it sure was okay but, so this was what it was 2019 was the year of shit 
2020 is the year of crit. <laughs> well, on a on a posy note, together, let's come up with like three of the best things that happened in 2019 and on a posy. Because I feel like I feel like because this is the end of the year, there was so much cynicism <laughs> about everything. Um, so three posy things. I will say for me, my best experience with D and D, as much as I've loved everything, was the small terrible dragon boy stream charity event. That was awesome. I mean, I got Jitter out of it. Heather became a cast member in Campaign 2 out of it. Fuck, so much good. Thank you, Hallie. We love you very much. And we hope to have you someday on 3DMs. If you're listening, which I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my like best thing, I think. And it came, and it's nice because it was, uh, it was D&D. It was my friends because we did a Frostwalkers episode on there. Uh, and I got a character out of it, Jitter. So, like, every time I see Jitter, all the vibes from the, that weekend are back. That's good. It's like, it's like weirdly like having a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> like, your character is your postcard. <laughs> it's weird. Because I made, actually, funny story, I made Jitter. His name is Jitter because it's a synonym for Twitch. That, that was, that was the joke character I was going for. And then he became, like, the emotional of his card. FUCK! <laughs> I didn't get that until now! Yep, Jitter's name is Jitter because it's for Twitch. His, nick his name was going to be Fidget, and then I remembered my friend Mocha has a bird boy OC named Fidget, so I went back to the drawing. And I ended up with Jitter. Well, good enough. Yep. So that's mine. All right. I think we are ready to close up. All righty. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. We hope more of this in the future. But until then, this has been us signing off. Uh, should we do our our social media plugs? Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes. But uh, if you're here, then I don't need mine. <laughs> um, I am Spyglass Realms on basically everywhere. <laughs> Um, Lance? I am Lance the Lanced, or uh, 20SA for 20 Sided Adventures. We love you guys. Thank you for everything in 2019, and even though our shit definitely, you know, wasn't always perfect, here's to everything being a little bit brighter next year. Bye, everybody! Adios! Bye. Stay moist! <laughs>